Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to this podcast number 630. Jonah, uh, a very fun five-year anniversary show last night. That was a blast. I, 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 was, I was very pleased with the turnout. The crowd was great. Uh, it was weird being at uh, eye level. We were just sitting <laughs> well, we've two never feet did, away. We've never done anything special for an anniversary show before. No, and no we so haven't. It, just, it was kind of a last-minute thing. Like, why don't we just do something to Meltdown? Yeah, and it felt right. It felt really good. And it was, in, you know, like it was neat recognizing a bunch of people. And, you know, Jackie Dan, the guy who did animation for us years ago. Yep. Or, uh, you know, he was there. Just people that have, like found the Meltdown show and became regulars at the Meltdown show that found that show because of the podcast. You know, It was really fun. It yeah. was really, really, really fun. And I'm it was glad, really I'm cool. I'm glad that we got to do it. And, and I announced this in the show, but um, this, just so you guys know, the way that the intros work is, you know, we have our sponsors in the intro. It's what keeps the podcast free-flowing and mm-hmm. allows us to keep, uh, to keep giving them out. Um, and so it really is just... You know, roughly five minutes or so at the beginning of each episode, if you can just hang with us. Uh, but what I've realized is, and I don't know why it took me five years to realize this, you know, because we always promote our own shit at yeah. the top of the podcast. And it occurred to me, like, well, hey, there are probably individuals who have uh, fun things that they would like to share. You know, like, if you, uh, art or a website or a movie that they, you know, like a little, not if you're a film company, but if you're a person, <laughs> you know, you make... Um, but it's just kind of maybe a fun way for people to kind of share. We can share people's stuff with yeah with our community. So we uh, created an email, uh, which is events at nerdist.com. Just send us events. If there's like a you know like a local art fair in your town, or like a little a little you know uh, the small town comic con going on yeah. or whatever, or you're putting on something, or you're you know or you have a stand-up show in your town and you yeah. want people to know about it, you know, like, let us let us know. Think of it as a, a community bulletin board. It is exactly a community bulletin board outside of a grocery store. Yes, yeah, Just exactly. Like, like a cool local, you know, mom-and-pop grocery yeah. store where there's, like, a cork board and then it's, like, babysitting, you yeah. know, piano lessons. You're, putting, you're making a flyer, putting it up there, but yeah. it's an audio version of such. Yeah, audio flyers. Audio flyers. <gasps> so I have to get a URL. Jonah, we have to monetize that. I mean, wait a minute. So, yeah, events at Nerdist.com. Uh, share that with us uh, if, you, if, if you want to. Yeah, and you should. What do you, now that we're promoting stuff, what do you, do you have anything? When does it go up? Friday? So it goes up tomorrow. Oh, this goes up tomorrow? Yeah. Um, well, this weekend, uh, I'll be doing San Francisco Sketch Fest with The Meltdown, uh, with Kumail. You know, we have, we have good well, light. Well, wait a minute, up. Jonah. Does that mean that you'll be returning the following weekend to join us for the Nerdist Podcast? That means that following weekend, I'll be uh, going to do the... I, I, I leave San Francisco to go to New Orleans to shoot a pilot. 
fly from New Orleans back to San Francisco for the Nerdist show. I got an early flight. Yep. Um, I saw I saw you start to tense up. I got an early <laughs> flight that day. I'm beginning in first thing in the day. Uh, and then I and then on Saturday I have a live Jonah radio with guest Paul Myers, oh. uh, musician uh, and uh, music writer and brother of Mike Myers. Yeah. And uh, the band is looking like it's going to be Shannon and the Clams uh, from the uh, the ba- uh, the label um, Hardly Art. So I'm very looking forward to that. Yeah, you got a nice little you guys a little packed schedule there. Yeah, and then like in three things on Sunday and then back on Monday. Who are you, me? Oh God! Oh God! I would even want to do such a thing. You have a hard enough time with it. That was. <laughs> That's so, like a, become our go-to bit is the two guys talking at the same so time. Like two guys talking at the like, same time. It's like you start to go and I go. We did not have Matt and I. We've done it a few times on this thing, and it's really funny when you. It's because it's like you're always going at it, I'm always going at it, but we're kind of also agreeing. So it's not really an argument at the same time as it is just two guys saying the same thing at the same. So this year's podcast is Cold War Kids and. Those guys were super fucking awesome. Solid dudes. Great pipes on that so guy. So nice. Nathan Willett and Matt Most were, uh, were there with us. We went to uh, SIR Studios in Hollywood to record this. So very nice. SIR Studios, it turns out, listen to the podcast. And they're like, anytime you want to come you know, like do live podcasts here. Because Swing House moved out of the neighborhood. We had never been to SIR. And now yeah. I'm thrilled that we went there because it was a phenomenal experience. They were really... I'm not just trying to do a commercial for SIR. They were a fantastic Yeah, group. it's a really cool place. Really nice stuff. Great facility. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, Cold War Kids played a couple songs. Uh, Matt Schwartz uh, played with them for the songs. He'd not sit in on the podcast. He sat and watched the podcast, but he wasn't actually at the table. And uh, yeah, Nathan and Matt, just good, 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 cool, chill dudes. Uh, Cold War Kids promoting their new album, Hold My Home, which is out now. And um, and it was it was super fun. And they performed. They did two songs at the end. Uh, I'm asking Katie because they did two songs before we did the interview, so I just didn't know. This is just too much behind the curtain shit. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> you think this? Uh, <laughs> you shut your mouth right now, Jonah. Don't you talk to me like that in front no, of company. Me, I'm, I'm here not, trying to I'm do a show. Your checks and balances is what this country was based on. Clam band. The person. What's a clam band? Shannon in the clam rock now. No, no, Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's a whole genre. Clam bikini. Because you're old and you don't know what's going on in popular culture, the ones I know. Stop. Nerdist Podcast number 630. Cold War Kids. Coming up on Nerdist Podcast 630. Counting down. Cold War Kids. Hey, Jonah, that's my line. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to say that as cringy as possible. (laughs) If they didn't turn it off when we were talking over each other. Now entering Nerdist.com. So right before we started recording, you started talking. First of all... What was the podcast you said? Song Exploder? Song Exploder. Song Exploder. I've not heard Song Exploder, but they basically, you break, they break down just theme songs or just songs in general? They got uh, Bath, Books, uh, Stars, Policia, a bunch of bands. So wow. we were, we were taught, that, that led us into a conversation about TV theme songs, and mm-hmm. I was almost able to get you guys to play the Mr. Belvedere theme. 
but uh, it was, and I then wish. it got too complex. Th- then we discovered yeah. that the Mr. Belvedere, Mr. Belvedere theme is surprisingly complex, yeah. more than you think it's going to be. Because yeah. it's that Leon Redbone, like, New Orleans mm-hmm. jazz. Yeah. And if we did it, it would go number one, so we don't want to do that. You don't yeah. want to do that at all. We don't yeah. want to be known for that. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> It'd <laughs> I mean, be like the new Alien Ant Farm. We could turn a couple people. Yeah, we don't want. We don't want a, a revolution like that. You don't accidentally want to have a theme song be no. your a giant. We want, hit song. we want it to be an original that yeah. really breaks us. You have yeah. to make a song that sounds like a TV theme song, i.e., Days of the Week by Stone Temple Pilots. It sounds oh, like man. the theme song to a TJF song. The show. Which which one? Like, I don't know. I just heard it, it on the radio. Uh, you know, well, how does that one go? Ago. How's it go? Uh, I can't. I went. I was like, Monday comes back again. She's ready to go. No for tomorrow, something like that. That late STP. It's. Uh, I don't. I, it must have come out in the late nineties. So uh, but we, I heard it on the we... radio, and I thought it was the theme song to a show I'd never That's seen. So funny. And then, like, but you listen to it, and it's just like you see it on your head. Like you know, you see someone trying to get in a door, dropping their keys, looking at the camera, going, oh, "This is my character." Yeah, Scott. Uh, uh, Scott Weiland was in a show, uh, Step by Step. See, hey. Because he had a lot of struggles with abuses. Um, There's a hole in my arm. But, <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Why would I make fun of him for that? Why would I make fun of that? Seems like a piece of shit. I don't know. No, that <laughs> seems like a piece of shit. No, seems like, seems like he seems like a perfectly good guy. He used to hang. There was this karaoke bar we used to like to go to in, in Burbank. And oh, he would okay. He sounds like a there. good guy. No. Well, hey, you know why? <laughs> put the claws back, Wolverine. Uh, but but then we got into theme songs, and then. I, I agreed with you, the True Detective theme. I watched every episode of that. I watched the full so, title credits. So vibey. Me too. I, yeah. I watched the... Yeah. We flew back from Australia like a week ago, and I watched every all, every show right like straight through. He, he watched eight in a row. Eight in a and row. He, he was and crazy. I, put you I in a weird was crazed space. watching out. Yeah, I, w- I would watch an episode, get a drink, go to the bathroom, watch an episode, and I didn't sleep at all, and I, and I followed up with some Fargo, but then I haven't talking about Eight ah, episodes yeah. is a great a number of shows. Like it's, yeah. cause you can, but with you can that show, that, that eighth episode, probably six, seven, eight, I was watching them by myself late at night, yeah. <laughs> and I think I'm... I'm I'm more prone to getting freaked out by stuff, but that show, I mean, that was, it was like powerful and dark, and yeah. but in a lot of people are like, really, you're, you got scared, you got scared, and I was like, uh, <laughs> nothing could be scarier than that show to me. Like that's the most like real and yet dark, like real life fear and and well, see, yet, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Oh, I, everyone I loved it. Everyone I adore it. See, everyone built the show up so much to me, and Is that it why was you also what? Is that why you waited? You, yeah, yeah. To let to so well, no, just have, to get away from all the fanfare because everybody. Just, was I just waited about. because of time. Like I didn't have time, and then I start. I started my tour this past weekend, and so then I found myself with like a couple extra hours here mm-hmm. and there, like in hotels and on on planes and stuff. And so I finally, I finally watched it. But as, and my expectations were so high, and there were two things that Never I good. that Never sort of bummed me out. I really thought there was going to be some sort of a supernatural element woven in. Like they kept, I kept thinking like, oh, so they're going to uncover something occulty, and then there's going to be some weird devil shit that's going to happen. Yeah. And I thought it was going to tie into his like visions that he had, mm-hmm. and, right. that, and that there's never paid lot, off. There's a Still lot good, to try to tie in, but there was some magical stuff that happened in that weird in, in the in the weird. But I thought that was just his crazy like that's, drug. That's his flashbacks. Yeah, his like his, 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 weird, his weird collars. Collars. Can we confirm or deny that? That's for yeah, sure. There, there's an episode where I watched them all. Straight. He was in the car and he's singing colors. Yeah, because okay. yeah. okay. yeah. he was on that. He was on some drug like before. Like it's like a backstory thing. I don't know what. Yeah. what I want. I thought he was going to end up being like the conduit to, or I thought it was going to be like an angel heart thing where it's like, no, you're the guy that we've been searching for, mm-hmm. and your yeah. brain got fucked up. 
there were just like a couple maybe unintentional red herrings, but I thought the whole like drug exp- like the whole drug thing when he was undercover was going to play out. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but it was still a good show, you guys. It yeah. was still yeah, a great, great show yeah. watching great, him uh, acting away up there. Handsome family. Oh, so family. good. Great. And that's a very difficult register vocally to maintain that. When the land is Even that, that band's uh, story is really crazy, too. And real depressing. Well, like I don't know anything about them. Yeah, it's a husband and wife and the guy had a brain injury. And, oh, like, uh, it's, it's a whole kind of thing. I don't know the details, so I won't go too much into it. But it's like when you read about them, it's, a, it's like a real weird, depressing story. Yeah. The, even the and music like, on that show is great. Like, all the end, the end credit music is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's like the different, like, old songs they pull in and then T-Bone's uh, stuff. During... Grinder Man's on one of them, I think. Black, really? Angel, Black Angels. Like, the first episode is Black Angels at the very end. And then Grinder Man, that Honey Bee Let's Fly to Mars is on there. Oh, wow, yeah. It's just so good. That uh, Lungs, the song... I think the Cowboys Junkies covered it. Um, what's the band? God damn it. I just downloaded it. Well, <laughs> it's not important. You go look it up on the internet. You don't have to hear it right here. The all-new True Detective is going to be rad, yeah, I when's think. When's that start? Colin Farrell and De- is it Denzel? Yeah, and I read something about it. It's like occult history of the freeways. That's what Oh, I'm, shit. Yeah, it's, did they already cover that with Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yep, they really did. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, really did. That now, that's, <laughs> that's going to be amazing if the, if the reveal at the end of True Detective is Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, when I killed your brother, Denzel, <laughs> I talked just like this. He's only ever killing people's brothers. He only that's kills it. people's that's brothers. Yeah. That movie completely holds up. Yeah. A million and ten percent. I watched that last year. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Is so is that is that basically is that what you're doing on when you're touring? Are you taking a tour? Are you doing a tour bus? The tour starts a couple of days. Tomorrow, doing a tour uh, bus? Wednesday, we'll yeah. be in a bus. Yeah. yeah. Most um, uses that handbrake app to to rip. Uh, DVDs, you know, because if you, you want to rely strictly cool. <laughs> on streaming, then you can you can have a lot of dead zones in your yeah. life of sure. being real bored. But I buy it before I pirate you it. You might have to resort. I, to you know, that's a fair, I buy it. I buy it. You buy it. That's the yeah. way I do it. That is yeah. a great. If that's not a term, that should be a term. You buy it to so you're to giving rip. the money, yeah. but then you have to you have to be able to consume it the yeah. way that your device can consume. And it, then all right? my dogs plug it into my computer. Yeah, and they get all it, the stuff. Buy it. Goes times ten. I just ripped all every Seinfeld for a sound guy. He's he's 25 years old and he's just now starting Seinfeld, and I'm so happy because now I have like a new kind of relationship with him. Does you know? it seem exciting obsessed. to him? Yeah, he's a, he's he, yeah. It I was is. thinking about this the other day. That is it two nineties. Yeah, maybe not even two nineties, but like so, like they changed the way TV comedy was. Though, like, so now, like everyone's sarcastic on TV. Yeah. Everyone's the funniest person ever on TV. And I wonder if, like, I was watching it the other day. I was like, do, does a kid realize that this is where it started? With that, like the, a lot of the elements from this show. I'll let you, know, you, I'll let you know in like in a month. People were sarcastic watching on crazy, television yeah. before Seinfeld. That wasn't the. No, but it was. It, was, it changed. TV, you can't deny that. No, well, it, de- it definitely changed. It definitely changed the way sitcoms were done. Yeah. And I guess ultimately, good stories are good stories. Like good comedies, you know, like if it's really, really good, it, it should be pretty timeless. Yeah. yeah. But there's some ones. There's some ones where you go back and you're like, whoa, like <laughs> like other shows. Yeah. That you thought were really amazing. Grace Under Fire doesn't hold up. <laughs> what? No, that's crazy. Co- I like Coach doesn't hold up. Coach does not hold no, up. I watch the episode. That theme song though. That's yeah. a good theme song. Yeah, that is good. Which, is, is that just it's like, like the, the, it's the, the it's college the, football The theme? football, yeah. 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 That's the only thing I know about college football <laughs> music. Uh, so where, where does your tour start? Denver. Uh, that's that's going to be Denver. Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday night, yeah. Holy yeah. shit, I'm playing the Ogden. Yeah, at the Ogden? Yeah. yeah. Where is the... Uh, it's in a grim part of town. 
I don't I remember, remember much night. I remember this 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 venue. It's like in that really like long strip where there's not yeah, a restaurant co- for real college. No, I must be. Am I thinking of the right one? You're thinking of I don't know, but Ogden's like there's nothing in the area. There's a thrift store across the street. I think, oh, okay. And they so spent a lot of money at last time. Okay. I was starting thrift shop. <laughs> Were you guys? Oh, oh, I, I don't know if that it. is thrift shop. Know. That was exactly how thrift yeah. shop starts, <laughs> Jonah. <laughs> Right? It's a crazy yeah. little horn sound. It's not. It's not. I'm not crazy. A lot of people heard that song. Like, I know that's how it starts, right? I don't right? think anyone picked up. It's picked you it up. It's anyone? Fuck. I'm positive. So anyway, you're popping tags, <laughs> and uh, you're in Denver. Denver's a good town. It's, it's going to be cold. It's going to be very cold, yeah. but uh, it's going to be sunny all week, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, Did you check this all sure before going out there? I always check because I'm terrified when you're when you're because you're bussing it, but when you're flying, you have to know if there's a storm so that you can start yeah. preparing. And if, if in case there is a snowstorm, then you have to a couple days out keep an eye on it because you might have to cancel. True, true. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm I've been keeping an eye out. Last time we were in Colorado, we hit we hit an elk. What? Oh shit. And I slept through the whole thing. Was... Do you mean the animal How or an old guy in a sofa yeah. club? <laughs> I, got, I got off the bus in the morning and I saw like the mangled, like, there was a kind of broken windshield and this. And what happened? And our tour manager was like, You didn't get awake, like, wake up for that? And I was like, no. <laughs> That's like hitting a car. It's, it, was, uh, it, was, it was, it was, it was, yeah. You were like around for it. I woke up and everyone was checking it out. Yeah. 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 yeah my buddy no demolished idea. the elk. Did the bus demolish the elk? Yeah. Yeah. But I had no idea. Sleeping. Solid. You know, what you got to do is you got to take the horns and put them on the front of the bus. Oh, as, man. So they, as a so they chop up the meat. Yeah. yeah. Save it. Stop. Have, a little, have some elk steaks. <laughs> some friends of mine were on tour Sorry in a go. van and uh, elk ran in front of them and just like totaled the van. Really? Uh, yeah, oh, man, just completely. Easily, yeah. And yeah. then the elk dragged the guys out of the car and beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Because yeah. they're fucking tough customers. Yeah, you have to be the size yeah. of a tour bus to take down an elk. Yeah. yeah. That was, yeah. That's gnarly. So scary. You start in Denver and then how long is this tour? Are you basically on tour for the rest of the year? A few months. Yeah, but, off yeah. and on for a few months. Um, yeah, a lot of shows. This first tour, was, I counted the days because I needed to know how many T-shirts to bring. Yeah. 20 days. Okay, for this 20, first, so was, 20 this first T-shirts? Tour, 20, well, I'll, I'll bring 10 T-shirts, do laundry halfway through, and then... Yeah. Very smart. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, the first, it's three weeks. So what does a Cold War Kids tour bus look like? What populates the inside... There's always a mirror on the ceiling, like in the lap sure, lobby yeah, area. Yeah. Always. Waterbed, right? Lava yeah. lamps. It's me in the back with a waterbed, and, and everybody else has, like, <laughs> just grabbed in front. Just, hey, lead singer, uh, you know, gets the back. You know, yeah. I, just, I have to remind him every time. And, and then, that flies, right? They're totally like, oh, yeah, that's Yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. The back yeah. of the bus is the yeah. worst part. <laughs> I find all the places to hoard stuff because I buy a lot of shit on he tour, and he, he buys stuff. some stuff. I buy a lot of stuff, like weird art prints and stuff and I, I find all the places to hide it so and there's a lot of I've left stuff on the bus too you have to bring an extra empty suitcase to carry all the shit I usually, back I usually do yeah yeah I, it's the, a weird life I actually I, 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 the thing I need to do tomorrow is go buy some new slippers because you know you just you're walking around it's very easy to start walking around you walk into a bathroom sticky sticky are you going to get themed, theme sticker like slippers like themed a themed slipper like, a, oh, like no. bears or sharks no I don't, I don't wear funny <laughs> clothes sure. no you <laughs> rabbit how about rabbit no, slippers no, just, is that just sweeten the pot no <laughs> the floor is sticky but you know I mean you guys are basically family so it's fine yeah. right yeah oh yeah <laughs> little Corvette slippers or something <laughs> Corvette cars no, huh? no 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 I like it yeah, plain just some black slippers nothing funny Nothing yeah. funny about the clothes. Okay, how about you just hollow out two small nurse sharks, like real sharks? Is that too cute or is that fucking awesome? 
too too cute for me. Oh, yeah, man. I, I want. Yeah, yeah. I'll get you some True Detective slippers, like whatever that looks like. I don't know. It should be the two guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The new guys, the new guys. Yeah. <laughs> me and my wife were a True Detective for uh, Halloween. Oh, you were? Yeah, yeah. Who were you? Were you Harrelson? And she was. Uh, uh, no, no. She really wanted to wear a bald cap. Oh, because uh, she was deciding. She's like, do I want to wear a bald cap or have a mustache? Uh, and I said, uh, I said, well, I already have this long hair wig, so I'll just play Woody. <laughs> and so she like just put on a bald cap and put a pillow inside of her body. Yeah, yeah. I, I did great. not know that's what that picture was. That, that I saw that. I saw that. Really, I was even. I even like found a big hug mug. Mm. Uh, I've actually been told since I was in when I was in seventh grade on the basketball court before school one day a kid came up to me and said you look like Woody Harrelson and I've got it probably once a year people people tweet it I I look at the 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 tweeter and people still say like which is singer looks like Woody Harrelson I don't know. I don't know how 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 canny that resemblance is. You but look it's, like Cheers era. It's kind era of neither him, a compliment of. or an insult. It's it's nice. It's, he's a great guy. This kind of white guy racism has been going on. For, <laughs> it's, <laughs> we need to stop. Erase the hate, guys. Yeah. Not all white guys yeah, look yeah, like sorry, Woody I'm Harrelson. Generic. I get Moby yeah. all the time, and I, I changed my glasses two days ago. Moby and Woody. I had the exact same glasses as Moby, pretty much, and I changed them up. We so. watched the Woody Harrelson Matthew McConaughey surf comedy. That what was uh, that one surf, called? Oh, what's it called? Surfer dude. Yeah. Surfer dude, surfer yeah, dude. and we were we watched Nelson, that, and then yeah. we had a long running joke while we were recording this record. Actually, that like insane. both of those guys were in a place where they're not sure where their life is going, their <laughs> career is going, and we had this joke that it was uh, McConaughey has this beautiful wife, and, and during one of his speeches, he was like, "It's my wife that every day she told me get out there, go get it," you know, and, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, that's how would you do a show?" And then um, and you just picture him like, "I'm tired," and she get out there. So then we had this joke that like. You know, it was during like that movie, in between that movie and True Detective, that McConaughey was talking to his wife, and he was like, "What am, what we, what am I going to do next?" And she was like, "Call Woody. <laughs> you got to call Woody. He's you always got some going. He's got some good going. He's oh, you guys are great together. Yes. Call Woody. I'm okay, bored. Well, what I'm I'm call Woody. Someone's yeah. basically got to take the True Detective opening and then put it in front of footage from that movie, and then just drop yeah. some of the score in. I'm surprised that hasn't happened. I, it the must internet, have. she's the mighty. Internet. I, no, I'm sure. I'm sure it must have happened yeah. at some point. I, find a I always get <laughs> while, while, you're, while you're looking that up. Uh, I am cut from the same white guy template as Aaron Paul, Charlie Day, and Matt Bellamy from Muse. We're all in the same oh, okay. type of white guy. Yeah. Like, I guess the Muse one. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Muse. It's your is hair. It, it's your hair. It is the hair. Yeah. It is the hair a little bit. Mm-hmm. Muse is good to listen to if you're driving late at night through a tunnel. Like, there's something about that kind of, like, oh, it's building to a crescendo. <laughs> or summoning an army of teenagers. Summoning a bunch of teenagers yeah. to come and carry you through a tunnel. <laughs> we took those guys one time. How was it? We, we it was did, fun. like, five good. shows, but it was, like, kind of pretty early for us yeah. when we were still, like, we were still, like, this is weird. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we, were, we were still, like, 100% yeah. like, indie enough to be, like, well, oh, this is weird. And, it, well, and it, I think why it was weird is, like, there were, like, such a huge band that watching their production is almost as exciting as watching them play. Like, yeah. Watching yeah. the guy do the lights is like watching a rock star. You know, it's just a, just do the lights. It's or a the, full yeah. on. It's but, crazy, but, but it's but, amazing. We put, we did Madison Square Garden with him. Is holy shit, insane. Oh, wow. yeah, but now awesome. that you're Cold War men, you probably reckon. Fuck you, Jonah. I liked it. No, I, you kind of like shrugged a little bit. Like I, I get it was not a great. <laughs> it was joke. a smile. No, no, I, 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 a smile with a, my shoulders. It was a smile like you would smile at your mom for trying to be edgy. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, <laughs> 
But now that you understand the economics of touring and you see a production like that, then do you, do you just kind of go like, how the fuck mm-hmm. do you do that? Yeah, well, you, and, and like nobody had that idea for them. You right. know, they, they were like, it's got to be this, it's got to be lights. From you know, just like they, they dreamed it up and it's totally theirs. And yeah, that, you respect it. Do you, uh, have you ever thought like, oh, maybe we should put more giant production elements in the show? Are you like, ah, oh, you don't want that to get in the way? Um, we're, we are pretty, you know, minimal. I think that we are, we walk the line between being like a very, I don't know, we're a, being a blue collar indie rock band and then, and being larger a little bit than others. And that we, we have, we have a little bit of production happening with this tour with some screens behind us that respond to the drums a little bit and that'll be cool, but you know, keep it minimal. And I, I like to, you know, the, the emphasis for a band our size especially should be on the performance and and uh us playing but um yeah you know it's a, a holistic question of for how how for a band our size you know you don't want to have too much happening in a smaller room that the best thing that can happen is it's intimate and people are connecting with the songs and the performance and if um if you have a lot of screens with a lot of business going on you detract from that don't you ever just one time want to come out like in full makeup, <laughs> costumes, pyro, like, but still play the songs, uh-huh. but just like wrap this really <laughs> surreal production around them? Just one time. Um, I've never wanted that. Moss, have you ever wanted that? No. We're pretty straight, you know, like that. You Orange know, County I, boys. I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we love, we love people that do that. You yeah. Know, all those guys and girls that do that you know but um i gotta be i gotta wear what i'm wearing in the morning at breakfast what i'm wearing at night it's like, very I, boring t-shirts it's and tremendously jeans. boring yeah. what Keep we are and what we do yeah, yeah you know you you wear the same clothes to the show that you wore all day and it's where you know where do you go from there yeah were you did you grow up in fullerton did, did i read that correctly we grew up in uh i grew up like in like ontario pomona claremont area like way Way east, like forty and I grew up miles. Some in Northern California, but then in in Anaheim and original guys were spread out through Orange County and, and San Diego. And we have new couple, two new guys. We have we have Lake Arrowhead, Seattle, and Portland guys. Okay, now mm-hmm. so it's it's uh, yeah, we're all over. It's funny, but it's funny. Uh, the or- like so, we, but we we started kind of rehearsing in Fullerton. At one point, moved to Long Beach and were there for many, many years until we kind of all moved here to L.A. Kind of wherever someone lived and had maybe a room where he could make noise in. That's where he practiced at. And so right. I think people started thinking, oh, they're from Fullerton, they're from Long Beach, they're from Whittier. But, like, kind of from all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of wherever. What was, it's, the, what was the scene, though, that you guys were coming up in? Like, was it the Coos Cafe? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, what, what, that was when I, when I was younger. I mean, I feel like before we knew each other. I went there um, a lot, like when I was in college. And, yeah. Yeah. The original. But we never played there. It I don't was think. in Santa Ana, then it moved to Long Beach, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we we had a weird time where when we kind of first got together, um, there was like the hub in Fullerton. Mm-hmm. We, you know, I was just thinking about this because we. Being from Orange County in the time that we were and the age that we were when we were a little older, when we started being 24, 25 or something, there just wasn't anything cool that we immediately identified with living in Long Beach, living in Whittier. We went to a small college called Biola that where it was a strange scene of a very small school and like a Christian school, but all these like artist kids that were... 
I think that there was, and we were kind of in between L.A. and Orange County. There's a lot of like, we didn't identify with anything happening. There was nothing cool about Fullerton or Whittier or Long Beach, really. We, other any other bands, any other. There wasn't really a scene that we were latching onto at all. So, I think that we had a group of friends where nobody was really musicians that much, but that everybody was, you know, a lot of art going on and. Um, that was the world we came from. And it's funny now because there's so much like in Orange County and the Fullerton, there's this burger records Records. and, and, um, our friend Daniel Mitchkoff's in Tijuana Panthers and he's a little younger than us. Uh, and you know, all the bands, um, in that scene, it's like it's huge and it's really cool to be from Orange County. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, who would have like thought? Costa Mesa. Were the ones that are gonna... mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> we just—I I don't know if you know. I guess in a way, maybe that we're the generation before that. Um, but I wish that we, you know, had been in a time where there was a ton of other bands like us, you know, and, and that we felt proud of where we were from, and yeah. and, um, and that you know that we had a lot in common with other bands that we we're playing with um but it really wasn't the case i don't know yeah. and if i was really patting myself on the back i'd say maybe we had you know we were maybe slightly opening the door for for some of what's happening now i think even from what i know about all these burger bands it's like they're surprised themselves that all all this came out of fullerton but um yeah so we we're we we're we we're lonely in, we started touring right right away too like i mean within the yeah. first year like a year of forming a band we were like already on tour and like opening for bands or, or doing our headlining tour and so we didn't have time to like have like a scene, a scene. at yeah. home other than doing like our residency nights like at the detroit bar and like you know here in silver lake can yeah. you only recognize a scene in retrospect though or can you yeah recognize i think it so as it's happening? Yeah, i think, I think, I think in right, hindsight yeah. it, it makes sense because if you because yeah. if you said you know in the 90s i I don't know. I, I well, maybe grunge no, was pretty well defined. Be. I think it was. I think it's the two thousands where if someone's like, "What's the music of the 2000s? I'm like, "I don't." Well, I, I think don't it's because know. the internet happened, and then like the scene is on the internet, and they're all in different cities, yeah, more or less. And so it's, it's not. It's not so much in one city. I just yeah. even I mean think like, it's, for us, like a sound, like, a community. like what's the yeah? What is the if I. If I heard if I heard something and someone was like this is from 2001 I wouldn't know I'd go okay but you know if I if I hear 80s music I know well that's definitely sure, 80s music very sure, yeah. yeah. 90s music oh that's definitely 90s music but I don't think I can identify anything from 01 to now as being oh that's from like all of it to me just sounds like just like just like a like an oatmeal just like a mash of mm-hmm. you, I think it's just because you know about everything now before like you know it's a uh, in the 80s it's like you know what was on radio and then there was like a bunch of other stuff that no one ever heard so it was hard to say like what was the sound was whatever was like selling as opposed to like you know now everything's so fractured that it's like you know it's hard to say what things sell more You're than right the because other. there were only so many delivery channels for things so everything had to be like everything's a mixtape now yeah. like every but but then it was like, well, this is all this kind of station. This is all this kind of station. This is all this kind of station, yeah. and there were like four of them. Well, like the like the uh, joke I would do if like I was I was playing, I was DJing a thing, and I played TV Party by Black Flag, and someone came up and said, "Can you play any '80s?" And I said, "I I am." <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an '80s song. Such a just snobbish moment. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you idiot. I thought it was a funny joke that they would get. <laughs> Such a high fidelity. Yeah, uh, you didn't do that so that someone would come up so that you could shame them. <laughs> no, I wanted everyone to dance at TV party. Ah, uh, it's a fun song. What do you guys? Uh, but then, even then, there's such a, cl- a clear distinction between being like. I think people are much more default. I think we were in a way we started a band. We never were like. You're like, what are we? We're an indie rock band. We're, we're mm-hmm. going to be an indie rock band. I think we're just like, we're a band. We're going to play the music we play. And I remember, yeah. you know, I, 
someone the first time saying like, hey, cool, you guys are like an indie rock band. I mean, like, are we? Is yeah. oh okay? Yeah, we like you know, we like we like the Clash and Nina Simone and Tom Waits, and we kind of just played our version of all that at the very beginning, and then it kind of became what it was. Yeah, yeah. You guys got to also uh, work with the producer that did Mule Variations, right? Yeah, the Tom Waits album, Jakir King. Yeah, that's pretty fucking rad. Yeah, he yeah, had yeah, he, yeah. he had some good stories about. He had some great T Waits yeah. stories. Like, <laughs> anything oh, he, you can share? Yeah, he had this one about uh, he went uh, at a campfire with with Tom Waits and his and one of his sons, I think. And uh, he just, I mean, at, without without any warning, he just goes into like the, uh, you know, Zach, the DJ on Down by Law that he plays. Have you seen Down by Law? No. That yeah. Jarmusch film? Really he just like, with, without warning, he just starts being that character. And Jakir just thought it was hilarious. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I, I mean, it's funny if you've seen the movie, but yeah, that's, that's one that. Do you ever worry, do you ever, I mean, because it's just like, Nice, normal dudes yeah. happen to be in a band. Uh-huh. Do, you, do you ever think, oh, it would have been really fun to be super crazy and fucked up on drugs and just like, like twisted <laughs> and, and, you know, like, like store, you know, like as, a, as opposed to like, yeah, yeah, you know, like we responsibly show up for gigs. We're <laughs> nice to people. Yeah, I, I, read, just... I read that Alex James, Alex James, the, the Blur bass player autobiography a few, uh, I don't know, five years ago on tour and, and I've, I've I've heard I've since now heard that like all the really juicy stuff is taken out, but I'm like, I would have loved to <laughs> be that crazy, and there's no, I'm, I'll never be that crazy. That's, I think about it a lot. To, it's though. a funny like, I think part there's a, a hundred reasons. I think maybe going to school first, and maybe having regular jobs first, and 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 I think. Um, you just you don't want to be an asshole to people because you know how much you know how hard they're working and sure. and and uh, but yeah it's a really funny question I I, I think um, in some ways like to you know in some ways it's also the idea of, of acting like a rock star and that um, I you know I think we came from a time and place again in kind of the Orange County thing or like the I don't know the the no doubts and sublimes and the, or those were the like those are enormous selling artists that everybody knew they came from the same place we came from, but um, you know you want to be um, it's much less uh, sexy and exciting to be different in by being a nice person. Right. <laughs> you <know>? yeah. um, <laughs> all artists have to be in a way by their by the narrowness of of what they're. Uh, trying to accomplish you have to ignore and and in a way be an asshole to people who are you can't give everything to everyone and 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 i don't know i i, I think that in some ways it, it's yeah it's much easier to be an asshole you know to to um just do what you want to do and um and be lost in 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 the tour in the moment and i but then also it comes back to the thing of like we, we've always had to be a very blue collar kind of band in in the way that we you know we budget tours and we budget records and we, you know, we would not, we would definitely not have been able to make five records in eight years or something if we had, had been high and crazy and chasing everything no, that came no, along. And, and I, I think that's a, you know, I don't know if, uh, in a way I'd almost say, I almost kind of knew that early on. Like we, again, like been to college, you know how hard any, you know, to be successful at anything. And that, um, it is like the most, in a way, kind of unglamorous and and boring to to think of it that way. But then, you know, um, but we're still doing it, you know. And, and we still get to in at the end of the day, like writing songs, mm-hmm. um, performing them, and going on tour. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and and we're like that's all that's that all the love has to come from that beyond that like all all the fun stuff that comes along with it like you can get into but like you know yeah. yeah. Well, no, it, I mean, we only bought one bottle of wine. You know? so that's, <laughs> just one. Yeah. We're going to drive the, home after A lot of water, one in, wine. Uh, you know, they, uh, we jam a cano. Mm-hmm. Like the whole idea of just like, you know, just do the, it's, it's your job. Do the yeah. work. You know, and but, and yeah. we didn't grow up like going to see the Minutemen, but oh, like, yeah. you know, we, we like, uh, you know, like pre-internet, of course, too. So the, the myth of bands like Fugazi and like, um, you know, uh, the idea of like that kind of purity of intention of um yeah not being rock starry not yeah. not being like so um you know i remember there's a line in the fugazi documentary where gi is saying like oh god here's our next record let me tell you why it's so much better than our last one and <laughs> and, and that's what it means to go around being a musician and and be so into yourself and it's like you know, that always stuck with me. I think, you know, the, to a certain extent, like being humble about it and, and, and yeah. recognizing this is who we are. We don't need to be everything. Um, you know, I don't, uh, we're talking about Scott Weiland earlier. Yeah. Well, That's who you don't want to be. You think about some <laughs> other LA bands that tried to kind of do the rock star thing and they're crazy. It's like, you know, Icarus Lime, um, uh, Brian's Jonetown Massacre, like both these bands, like you know, got some attention, but they acted the part almost to, to a cartoonish degree. Yeah, yeah, and like, and now like they're just like nothing happened. They fizzled out. Mm-hmm. It's like, we saw yeah. so much of that. We yeah. that's what we were raised on seeing. Like, man, that band only made two records. What would have happened if they could have kept their shit together a little? You know, which what does that? It means a million things. Personal relationships and life happening and it's so you can't control it but at the same time like if you if you recognize the worth and importance of what you're doing and you see enough people who are like dude that guy that guy works at a clothing store that guy works at a um and it's not not to say that there's anything wrong with you know whatever job you want to have but when you know god that person is so talented and they were born to be in that band and now they have to wait to see if there's like a resurgence of interest yeah. in their band or like yeah. that band refused. We went and saw yeah. them like and they had a big they, they the, got the lucky F-Y-F. enough. Yeah. yeah. And it's like that's that's amazing. But you do have to uh, it, it is like these huge personalities, huge talent and and brilliant, amazing records. And, and, and it's amazing that they get to come back together and perform it but it's like if you could if you if you, the four or five of you were in a room you could say how can we tone down yeah. some of that personality yeah. well, how can we continue to make the another great great record just the best without record. a little with a little bit less personal drama without us all hating each other yeah. without us you know having to break like and it's not that's not always e- that's not easy to do well, especially because i'd imagine a, a- a lot of people will go into something like music because it's an escape or, or they're rebelling or they're rejected or yeah. there's something. And so they take that person that's just they've just they've been handed a bad set of social skills and then all you know, like seemingly all of a sudden now, you know, this sort of world that rejected them is like, We'll do anything you want. Like that's yeah. I can't even imagine what that does if you don't have some type of uh, if you're if you don't have some type of a, a, a grounding or a, or, sure. a, or center or something, yeah, then, of course. And I would never want to hang out with that person. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Who right. everyone yeah. is around them saying yes to them because they got lucky for a moment. You know, it's not going to last for that person. Right. And so it's um, it's not even really 
fun to me to think about being that person because it's so temporary and but then it's like you know you you also have to be careful because you take the you can't also you know cut cut out the the idea that art is is you know what what we do what everybody does it's it's craziness like kind of captured you know in, to a certain extent but it's also you have to be very organized and very deliberate and it's like so we walk that line you know and i i think it's um you can't go too far the other way either you can't be uh so trying to organize and to where it's almost manipulative and some of the art goes out of the room because you're just so efficient you know right. can't be that either right. but um but you have to be in between yeah i mean it's you know when i think about when i think about this sort of um the the mythos of the burned out rock star you know there's I think in the 70s, it's just funny how everything shifted that there was a time, I think, where people expected, like, oh, they're so much removed from the rest of humanity. Yeah. And now as, as, you know, technology, whatever, is generational thing, but more and more people have access to just being able to kind of do what they want. And people realize, yeah. oh, yeah, if you work hard, you can do this. It's Now it's just like, oh, they're dudes. They're like me. Yeah. They just yeah. happen to be up there. And if you meet people and you're addicted to them, they're like – Fuck you! I'm gonna. I'm going to write on social media that you're a cock, and people are not gonna like you because you know. Yeah. I kind of like that people have to be more accountable now. I, than, it's great. Than they used it's to be. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. It, and at the same time, like we're we're fascinated with documentaries of the biggest bands from you know. Bec- like, have you seen that Eagles documentary? Oh, oh they just fucking <laughs> are, are not cool at all. Yeah. With any of it, it and it's, um. In, in hindsight, it makes again. It's like uh, hindsight makes a lot of sense of things, but um, yeah, there. I mean, it couldn't have felt that good to not identify or be able to hang out with any of your fans ever because right. they think you're a god walking amongst them, you know. And it's like, um, I just, uh, you know, that is bound to implode the distance between fan and performer and. Uh, being so huge and and the money being made and all that but um but we love like i think you know our band on tour watches so many of these documentaries we as a culture are so informed by all the glamour and yet all the like so obvious mistakes of of so many of these like you know the biggest bands in the world and it's like it's it's again it's like it's taken a lot of the magic out there like behind the music classic albums there's a million every band that you love you can you can watch and learn about and and almost get to the essence of of the moment that made them great and and everybody's telling their whole story but it's um you know there's a there's a downside of it you know it's you um you you you're i don't know you you uh they were they got to be lost in their moment they got to say you know they're looking back now and and saying yeah it was crazy but man you know i wouldn't change a thing and it's like but what if you <laughs> what if you could have that and still keep you know yeah what if it wasn't you know so much cocaine and and underage girls and yeah. stupidness that that puts you where you are i honestly my manager has a saying and i love the saying because it applies to everyone at all times uh i mean in I, I'm going to say, obviously, there are circumstances that sometimes people can't control. But in most cases, uh, he's, he'll say, like, if somebody turns out to be a fuck-up or they, you know, like, they don't, something happens, they'll go, yeah, people are where they are for a reason. You know, they are where they are for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times if you, you know, it's like you're saying where you, 
you see, you go, wow, that was a really great band, or that was a really great comedian, that was a really great, whatever happened? And you start digging a little bit, and you're like, oh, they were a crazy asshole, yeah. and yeah. they fucking imploded. Yeah. Did you watch that Mike Myers documentary, The Supermensch? Oh, yeah. No. It's great. The, um, it's great. manager who's been the manager of everybody famous at one point or another. Jimi Hendrix. The great line where he kind of says, like, I, like, to, what is, uh, help me out with this, but he says something to the effect of, like, anybody who is, like, um, who I work with, who is starving to be the most famous person, I know that that's never going to be a good thing for them. Yeah, what, what, it's, it's, it's more it's powerful than the effect than that, of like uh, like fame is the worst thing that could happen. Yeah, to it, it, yeah. And, and it's like someone who wants it. I that think. is basically what we know now in 2015. Like it's obvious to us to a certain yeah. extent. We are the culture that knows that fame, like. Or, or not even fame, but just feeding your own ego. Fame, fame, is, fame is basically the asbestos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, they used to have that everywhere. But then they realized it was yeah. killing people. And yeah. so they, it's, it's like that same kind of like we had to – there's almost like – oh, it's interesting. I never thought of it this way. There's almost like a social technology that had to evolve. Mm. Like yeah. this is a bad thing spiritually for people yeah. that pollutes their you – know, like, We're more aware of the boundaries. Souls. Like, are right. you, if, and, and like you said before, it's, it's good that we're accountable. It's good that there's – like that person is just so lost to the world and so into themselves that they're not an interesting artist. And we're, we know the difference between like people who are kind of you know milking – the system as it is and like somebody who's trying to make art and um you know i don't know well i think if you're i think if you're nice to people and you work hard and you try to be consistent and you try to listen to your audience then you know obviously things can happen that you can't predict that can knock you off but i honestly think there's not much more to it than that and because that whole the burned out rock star thing, like a few of them somehow survived. Yeah. And it almost makes me think of like, you know, like the baby sea tortoises, like scrambling to the, they're laid in the yeah. sand. And they, yeah. So imagine that sand is basically cocaine and there's like, <laughs> like five survived, you know, like yeah. Ozzy lived yeah. and <laughs> Steven Tyler and yeah, like, yeah. A, and then a couple other people. Mm-hmm. But for, for the most part, is it funny to me that, that we, without realizing it, most people hate their older selves. Because you do so many things that you are like, yeah, fuck that guy later. Mm-hmm. That guy's going to have to pay for this shit, but fuck him. I don't really, you know, you're just borrowing against future happiness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you really have to, you know, if you can be a little more measured about it, like you can actually have a long life, a long career if you, you know, if you tone it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you guys I, I also stay- think people love the idea of like, if you're a musician, you're, you know, you're so, um, or, or any, you know, any discipline of art you, that you're you're so committed that you could never be, be anything you could never be successful at anything else you know and that um that you have to die to every other possibility but um you know and, and there's a little bit of truth to it but that uh that you don't yeah you i don't know you don't want somebody to be useless in every other way yeah. <laughs> you know that person has nothing to say to you they have nothing like because the their ability to Look in themselves and have some substances like just a, the odds are lower that they're going to be able to give they you will, something. They will good. not do well in an apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. Well, I could write a song about this apocalypse. You're no, you're dead weight. There's a there's a story uh, about uh, Bernie Mac's funeral, where all these comedians uh, and all these kind of famous people came and a bunch of people talked. It was just about uh, like the whole thing was just just all of his friends talking. And no one ever really mentioned that he was a great comedian. Everyone mm. talked about how he was just a good dude. He's sure. a good friend, good cares. kid, yeah. you know. 
Yeah, because yeah. it's like in the end, that's what's going to be more important than mm-hmm. any of that other stuff. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you care about your 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 legacy or how people will think of you, but then it's like, yeah, you know, it's. Uh, but even those people will die. You guys were doing. Did both of you guys do the the Ethan Hawke uh, interview? I was. I listened to that. Bombed. It, that like was that great. Guy. He was great. So awesome, but yeah. it just made me think of, you know, he has he has, he's his brain is just on seven levels at all time, and he's such a. Such a zend out guru. It's gotta kind be to remember all that dialogue, all that uh, yeah. link later one shot yes. paragraphs. I mean, he is born to be a, a Richard Linklater character in the yeah. way, that, in <laughs> yeah, the way yeah. that he just rips and then whoa, 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 I gotta tell you about this one more thing, mm-hmm. how in the way that all of our minds, the way that we're thinking but he um his the way that he's thinking about being remembered and, and you know, just how how uh, a great movie, you know, it doesn't it, it at the end of the day, you all come. You come back to just like, yeah, you know, you're just a dude. It all ends the same way. And right. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I like that. Mm-hmm. It, musicians don't have that enough. Actors can tell a longer story in a way than musicians can. I think. Well, I don't know. I, I think most actors probably spend more time alone in their heads. You know, I mean, it, it just the concept of making a movie sounds so awful to me. Of being like. You know, that you're basically working for probably a total of 30 actual minutes of work out of mm. the 12 hours that you're just sitting there mm. occupying, you know, just like in a trailer somewhere. I wonder about that. They, I mean, that how could you not go crazy, yeah. like, with that kind of weird isolation? But that's up to that's up to the uh, person to be in the trailer. Uh, it's, you know, like, any set, as you know, is like, it's like tons of people around. Tons yeah, of people but to people talk are to gross, to. Jonah, and having to talk to them and hear about their problems, <laughs> like... I mean, oh my god, it's happening. That's always my favorite thing about acting is that like it's like it's just a big like, you know, there's tons of people you can just walk from one person to the next just having conversations with all these people that just like it's just a bunch of professional sh- uh shit shooters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just everyone's there to just to hang out. You can always tell like if there there are people in uh I mean, I see, I guess I see this more than acting than I do music. I I think it, you know, music is a little trickier because I, I think it's a. It, there's definitely more of like people have to like the music that you're playing. Mm-hmm. But you know, you see people and they can be in like failed movie after failed movie, but they keep working or failed TV show, and then you find out it's like oh, because they're an awesome and people like mm-hmm. working with them, and it doesn't. You know, like there really is there really is something to that, especially you know the. Uh, People jump onto different productions. They oh, you should work with this guy because he's really, like the word of mouth stuff. Really does it? It, it is a for real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. funny. I'm surprised there's not like a Yelp for performers where like <laughs> people who work in different venues. As are far like, as we this know, guy, this guy was a dick. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's <laughs> there's definitely word of mouth, but you know, but yeah. some some type of a rating system where like don't let this band into your into your venue. Uh, how how do you guys? Uh, what what else would you do? Like if you you know, saying like, well, you know, it's good to have other skill sets. Like, what is there anything? Well, when else we you would started, want? Moss was working at a clothing company called Ever and oh, yeah. designing oh, wow. t- designing stuff. I didn't know that. All I, I designed all our t-shirts, the website, anything that had like, you know, had the leaves on it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that clothing. Oh, yeah. that was great. I still wear those shirts all the time. I got a million of them. I was doing yeah. substitute teaching. Um, we lived in a house together in Whittier with our friend becoming manager Brett and. Um, and we just didn't have a clue about anything. We didn't really know anything about how any kind of music industry worked, how even touring. Well, how did you worked. break in then? Because I would imagine most people in a in most people starting bands are probably that. We started. Yeah, we started playing our friends like parties and stuff, and like just house parties and 
like he said, our manager lived with us, and he he wanted a manager. We're like, we don't need a manager. We don't even have a drummer yet. And so, like, <laughs> yeah. why, why? But we're like, yeah, get a sidekick and do that, you know. <laughs> and he did. And uh, time, he, he started getting us, you know, <laughs> shows here and there, like small things, and then. And then, and, then we, and then at one point we recorded, you know, I I remember doing a bunch of favors for, uh, like, graphic design favors for this guy, and he let us record, uh, like, our first EP, um, this guy Matt Wignall, in his garage, and he recorded it, and uh, like, in one day, started sending that off to uh, blogs, and blogs would write about you, and yeah. that was... It was That was a moment in time, too, yeah. where, like... I didn't, I didn't even know about music blogs back then, but our manager was like, yeah, we got sent to blogs, and I'm like, okay, cool. What yeah. year was this, like, 05, maybe? Uh, yeah. Oh four oh five. We started. We, five, we started. Five, yeah. yeah, we started playing late oh four, and then our first show is like early oh five. So what sites is at that point? Like Pitchfork, Brooklyn Vegan, Brooklyn Vegan, like uh, yeah, uh, Stereo Gum. Stereo Gum. Was yeah. One of them. Oh man, there's uh, Gorilla versus Bear. Yeah, oh, Gorilla yeah, versus yeah. that was one. I, that was I, really I had a friend named Doug, and he said, "Hey man, I read up a guy about you guys on Gorilla versus Bear." And he said, well, "What is that?" Like, yeah. we, I mean, we're completely yeah. like at you know, at the time, late on all internet curve, and and and. Uh, and we're like, oh, we should um, send, we should, you know, print CDs and, and send them, you know, find out, send them to other ones. And and the that was a really important moment for us to having, you know, where we watched it happen like online. People imagine a moment where you could send a physical CD to a a blog who is basically just, I mean, I imagine a guy working a regular job and and starting his blog and getting a. CD in the mail and going like oh right. like he feels good because yeah. he's like man yeah I'm starting to because that's him doing and, it yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. and he writes a review and then and we saw it we felt it right you know on tour we were I mean we toured for probably three years a year before our first record came out and and two years after you know just like it was a not it was a time when we just said yes to everything and we we're on tour forever and um and and that was definitely one thing that helped a lot. I heard about you guys from I think maybe in uh, I don't know maybe '08 by a guy. It, it, I had this friends in this band in a band called Bad Veins, and they were a Cincinnati band. Which Cincinnati has a great uh, art music scene, Shit. at least from what I remember. Yeah, um, and uh, and it, like he was one of these guys that. If he said something, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's probably a cool thing," because they, you know, your friends are just like cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jonah's one of those guys. Jonah likes cool stuff. Yeah, I'm okay. Ah, you're yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, And I'm- so it was. It was totally. It was a complete like word of mouth back then. You got to listen to this band. You got to listen to this band. And we still do that though. You and I, we still like swap music and stuff like that. It's still it, when you really break it down. As far as like any blogs or any any websites or you know Pitchfork or any Spotify or like you know Pandora uh, accidentally come upon. It's like it really most music I think still is just word of mouth and just people you know they one person can maybe find out about it because of one of those venues but it's more just like you know you're you know what your friends like you're always like a person is always going to be the best uh, you know arbitrator of like what and then you can want. buy it your stuff yeah I yeah, agree I'm going to make sure that people start using that <laughs> you you get credit for it yeah yeah so you, you design that word that's a good one I'll buddy. give you my email yeah <laughs> buy it. But it's this is a, like the day Napster was invented. Yeah, yeah, pivotal. <laughs> I think we have about the same type of business model. Uh, <laughs> that that type of plan. I don't know. A bunch of people will go there. That's got to be worth something, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> then what happens? Uh, do you are you guys cool with the you know if people are like 
Yeah, I had to. Da- like, you, what, is, it, is it more important for you just to have your music in as many ears as possible? Yeah, again, like there's the time that we came into all this. I feel like I, you know, I was, I never had an ounce of like, Ugh, you didn't buy our CD, you know, like I, we just never, we were right after anybody who might have thought that way. Mm-hmm. I think it doesn't seem like it was that long ago where that that fight happened, but it really was. Like when I'm looking back, and I was like, that's. What, 14, like 14, 15 years ago, yeah. right about the right about the hump when people, you know, it's like with the, all the sharing, it's like the LimeWires and Napsters yeah. of the I, world. Yeah, I was working at a record store in Venice Beach. It was brutal. People coming in and like they didn't know it was a bad thing to say to a small business. Yeah, it's like, uh, hey, what came out this week? No, oh, this, 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 and they go, cool. Do you want to buy it? No, no, I just want to know what to download. <laughs> go, Why'd you tell me that? Yeah. That's the best. <laughs> oh. But then it's so weird. I, I was um, uh, our manager who lives in Eagle Rock was just telling me about the record store in Highland Park, Gimme Gimme Records. Oh, Gimme Gimme. They just moved over to yeah, Figueroa. Right. To a bigger location. Yeah. How I mean, who could explain that? A record store that's doing so well that they need to move to a, a mom and pop yeah. neighborhood record store. Oh man, we're doing too good. You know what? We got to we got to move. But it's I like, and that's like in the a best. neighborhood with already three record stores. There's Permanent yeah. Records, Wombleton, and now there's uh, Gimme Gimme. So there, there, there are two yeah. there are two things the that I think Mount that Analog. make that make that happen. Number one, I don't think people want to steal everything by and large. I think they want to sample things for free. Mm-hmm. But I think once someone is a fan of something, I, I do believe that there is a basic communal human thing of, I am getting this from you. I want to give you something back, whether it's money something or whether somehow. people are yeah, like, yeah. I, knitted a, I knitted a blanket with your band name on it. Cause like, yeah. They just want to give something back. I really do feel like... Like, the po- like this podcast is free. And so when we go and do live shows, you, you, people are just like, I needed to give you something because you just give us stuff for free. Like, yeah, I think they want an exchange. Yeah. That's part of I think that's why I don't think people want to steal stuff forever. And the other thing is that, you know, there may not be a million record stores, but I think people still want that in-life communal tactile experience. There's still something special about, mm-hmm. you know, the smell of a store and the way new stuff smells and being around people. And it's like really communing as opposed to just, I don't think we're as lazy and cheap as – you know, uh, as uh, we sort of accuse everyone of being. I think people really still want human experiences. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. And the kids are into it. The kids, are, like a uh, buddy of mine, his daughter asked for a record player and records for Christmas. And like, uh, like she like got the stuff and she didn't. She knew she wanted it, but she didn't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. So he had to teach her how. And then like, um, they gave her a gift certificate to Amoeba, and she went. And, you know, he taught her how to hold the record. And I think kids are kind of getting back into a more tactile thing because of so much of their life being kind of this in-screen experience. It's also they, kind of retro, so it sort of makes it yeah. a little. It makes it kind of cool. Like this is how. Although I don't remember as a kid ever being like, I want a reel to reel in my house, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Well, I guess a cassette's a tiny reel to reel. Why are cassettes back? Why can you? They're why cheap. they're cheap I and love bad? Cassettes. Just Do you really? I just I had a I had a 2004 Volvo. I just got I had to it died on me, but um, it was the last Volvo with a tape deck, and oh. I'm so bummed. Now I have not a tape deck, but but we're we, so you know Loved we're it. both 35, I think. Is that right? We're, uh, I think so, yeah. And I think we're we're both we're definitely older than the majority. Where you know you. There's a record store called Rockaway that's in Silver Lake. Do you know that place? Yeah, yeah, I go there all the time. I'm, I'm a member. <laughs> what does it mean to be a I member? You get, you get like a little discount if you spend over a certain amount oh, of money if you're a member. 
I, smell, I, I should probably. I didn't know you could become a member. They have so much kitschy stuff, just yeah. rock memorabilia, and, the, and they feel like and an old records record store, and CDs. Yeah. And um, I, you know, Moss has always been of the uh, of the opinion like you're a CD proud guy. You know, all of our friends Million got rid CDs, of all their CDs yeah. every, at one point. But I think, yeah, you know, it's weird. I go in. I went into Amoeba before I came over here. I think you. To, to be amongst, like, to walk into a jazz section of a record store and just, oh, man, so much I don't know. So yeah, much, like, yeah. you know, and, you, and, and like, even in, when we, in starting the band, we would, you know, you go, you just, like, yeah, you know, nothing new. This is what everyone's saying, but just, you know, you're amongst covers and, um, you know, places that records were made and, and engineers and people who played on them, and there's... It's so exciting to be a part of that culture that, you know, in some ways is lost, but you cannot be bitter about the way that it's lost. There's no way that record buying will ever, um, you know, become the majority, become the norm. No, but no. at the same time, you know, walking into Amoeba right now, it's packed. Packed. It's crazy. And I think, I think Pirates Pressing, uh, it's one of the bigger pressing plants in, uh, in mm-hmm. the States, um, announced that there's, there's no more new clients. Like they they're, they're hmm. backed up for a couple of years now, hmm. and they're starting to build a new factory. Well, as a as a consumer, as a fan of something, I you, you just appreciate stuff more when you have to work for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. If it's yeah. you know like that idea of you know sending a CD to a blog, it's so different than just emailing a song. Like ah, all right, I'll yeah. Get to, like yeah. but when you actually Colors, have to no... take something out and experience it, or you have to go purchase it and come back, I think you're a little more open. To appreciating experience because you had to you had to work for yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, that's why I don't like people that use discogs for record shopping. I think it takes away most of the fun of record shopping. Mm-hmm. It's like just going like I want to get that. Oh, I'll find it online and I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the fun of going to a store, talking with the guy there, yeah. it's like, do you have this? Oh, I don't know. And then flipping through, and then when you're doing that, you're going to find someone else you didn't realize you were mm-hmm. looking. When for. I was in college, at the it was a what what I guess oh man. I can't remember what the record store was, but I but this I went to UCLA and Rhino. It wasn't Rhino. No, Aaron's? what? Aaron's. Mm, yeah, maybe it was. All right, Aaron's. There was a uh, there was a machine in there. This was revolutionary. That basically made mixed cassette tapes, and you would go in and pick the songs you wanted, and it would record. <laughs> I'm positive I didn't yeah. dream this, and you, it would record them all like onto the cassette, uh, really fast. It, and that so sounds awesome. It recorded at high speed, and then you know, obviously you know it would play back at normal speed. But but you basically would create your own mixtape in a machine right there. It was so much fun. It's rad. Yeah, but how do you put in samples from movies and uh, make it so specific? Mm, yeah, no, we didn't have the technology in those days. Yeah. Actually, I was friends with a I was friends with a kid who's had way too much money, and. Uh, <laughs> Because when you're in college, like if, if he's the one friend I had that lived in his own apartment, which was crazy, and it was in a really nice building, and he had all this mixing equipment, and he would do that. He would make mixes and then like drop like movie quotes and stuff yeah. in the middle, and it fucking blew my mind. And one of the saddest days of my life, I had that fucking mixtape for like six years, and I left it in a in my shorts pocket and washed it. Oh. And so I took him, and I'm like, no. Oh, and, sure, I, yeah. and it and it and it was it's gone forever. And it actually being spoiled now, and 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 kind of assuming like hey, you can get whatever you want on mm-hmm. the internet. The internet has everything, or yeah. you can find it. I will never ever ever get that mixtape yeah, back. Amazing how special that is. It really was. I think we should start yeah, trying the, to. I got Richard Swift, our friend Richard. He made us some mixtapes, and I I made sure that I put them on MP3 because they're gonna 
go away eventually. Yeah, yeah and there are, like, there's some there's some vibes on there too. But yeah, and it, so you can't you can't ever worry about how music will be consumed in, in as far as like as a maker of it you can't there are people who do that like, oh, i don't know it's like what, who's gonna hear it you when you ask yourself that far down the line um you know it it it, it makes you say well i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait you know for the record label to you know figure out how to get it out there in this way that is ideal and in the same way for you guys imagine if you you know you're kind of like uh, are you know we're going to wait for a little more leverage with this podcast and 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 you you can never wait I, and, no, and, that's, and then uh, and if you do you're doing it for the wrong reasons if you say yeah. like you know if you if you cut it off before you even do it go well who's going to listen no one's going to listen to this like well then you're not doing yeah. it for the right reason you yeah. should be doing it because you like yeah. doing it yeah. and someone will hear it you yeah. know yeah. it's a form it's a it's a different forms it doesn't really matter that much when people get so caught up in where's the music industry going ah you know it becomes like yeah. such an epic conversation and, and it seems like the stakes are so high it's like don't think that way well, i'll tell you yeah, where it's, it's definitely it's going form. people a, will continue to play music yeah you know that's gonna happen so fucking yeah. Yeah. perfect the perfect your craft and get yeah. good at it and enjoy it and then yeah. the other stuff will sort itself out yeah, if business is getting in the way of you creating art then maybe you shouldn't be yeah. creating art <laughs> and think about like thinking about God, like uh making a movie and and it could be a great success that it's viewed in a few theaters and then it's over and then maybe it comes out on DVD and people that like I'm thinking about people the ways that you can put an enormous amount of energy into something that has a limited ability to consume or see or hear it or whatever and like musicians you know even if even if very few people buy a C, like a you know no one's going to buy a CD if people listen to it online and it's like you know you ask the question what's it all about what is it all about um to have your art go into the world um it's an impossible question you know you hope that it's meaningful to people and that you can go on and continue to do it and i think like to to be of that uh kind of i don't know mature frame of mind or something is is really hard i think especially for musicians i think if you're a, a film director i listen to the uh WTF podcast with Mark Marin uh, interviewing P.T. Anderson. I'm not familiar it, with that one. Is it another? <laughs> it's, it's, it's also it's it's a further down the rung of of podcasts. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but uh, you know them talking about his first films. Yeah, I think it's um, you have to be in it for the long haul. Sure. I guess is what it is. And um, and well, ultimately, if you as long as you make stuff that you're enjoying, it doesn't. I mean, I because I, I would. I would tend to guess that, you know, so many things pop in unconventional ways. Yeah. You that, can't you know, know. How many things you fail, know hit. Yeah. you know, going down the, well, this is the tried and true path. Like, it doesn't matter if your stuff's good and it connects with people. They'll find it. They'll figure it out. They'll, if you just make a CD, then someone will rip it onto something else and mm. they'll pass it around. And, like, it doesn't, yeah. you shouldn't be held up by, and, and I think in a lot of cases, th- those are excuses for people because they're afraid of failure, they're afraid of looking dumb, they're afraid of not. And it's like, well, you, you know, sometimes you're going to look dumb, sometimes you're not going to look dumb. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Just yeah. try to learn from it and move on. And, and be about something dumb. bigger. You know, I think that's that's a hard. You, you have to kind of, you know, maybe know yourself or know uh, the stuff that drives you. And usually, it's deeper stuff. Whether you know 
like um i don't know i i you can't base your success on 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 anything tangible whether you know um i i don't know how you guys started but i feel like it, you know you're probably interviewing your friends at first and then and then those friends maybe got to be their the the range of people you could choose to interview is probably that they became that's more actually how famous. All, yeah that's literally yeah. how that's that's how it happened and that that's how i think all, all the podcast started was oh we're just sort of talking to our friends and our friends are guests and then i mean i remember very distinctly it was probably about it was a while before someone came on that i didn't know huh. and, it, and it was like whoa yeah this is like a real th- yeah. oh wait this is like a show now like before mm-hmm. it was just fucking around i, I think yeah. that i think yeah. that person might have been ozzy like i did something <laughs> for someone they're like will you host this q a with ozzy and i was like well can I, I have the unedited him. audio and make it a <laughs> podcast? And they said sure because they were going to use like five minutes of it. That's right. Yeah, and I didn't. And it was the first time I was like, I don't, I don't know him. I've never met him. I don't know what this is going to be. I don't know what this yeah. is going to be like. And it was just a weird accident. Podcasts are an amazing forum for totally raw and unedited conversations of people's thoughts. Unfiltered. Well, that, we're going like, to chop this down to about six minutes. Good, 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 good. Yeah, Sean yeah. and I talk about how much we know about everything, and then uh, yeah. you know we'll fit you guys in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Plug the record. We'll plug the record. Oh, I don't know if we're going to. It's going to be bed music if that's okay. Yeah. Sure, sure. Who's your favorite band? Because we're going to put that underneath. Yeah. And uh, good, good, good. Handsome family. The handsome family. I mean, people will listen to like no one listens to. Very few people listen to an album, 30 to 40 minutes of it, but people will listen to two hours of a podcast straight through on a long walk because they're getting something really profound and, uh, you know, just... We know listening to a full album is emotionally challenging to people. Yeah. And it's funny that people, and I'm guilty of it, you spend more time debating whether or not you want to invest time in something and energy Mm -hmm. than if you would just listen to it and experience it for yourself. We're like, we're so scared now of, you know, doing, uh, of taking chances on things emotionally. We're like, oh, I don't know. I may not like this. It may not be good. Like, well, what if you just tried it? And if you don't like it, then you know you don't like it. And that helps further give you a sense of who you are. Like, I feel like we need to, we more need to look at life as a collection of experiences that tell us who we are rather than I have to like everything. Like we're so much in a, yeah. in a genius playlist fucking mindset <laughs> yeah. where it's like, I got to like everything that I, no, you don't bring me what I desire. Yeah, no, you can not like things. And you, and that tells you just as much about yourself as something that you like. Why not just try to experience different things? Yeah. We're but we're assaulted. <laughs> we're assaulted with information where you have so much access to so much that, you know, you, in some ways you're defined, you are defined by what you don't like as much as what you like, you know, I don't know. Ugh. Eddie. What do you, what do you, do you, what was the last thing that you kind of took a chance on that you were like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then it turned out to be something that you thought was amazing. <sighs> um, I was looking at a, um, I don't know how I came across this even, but there's a, a record label. It's called Superior Viaduct that reissues records. I'm looking over here because like this guy, <laughs> this guy seems to know stuff about sounds like stuff. Sounds like the attic, that kind of stuff. Yes, exactly like that. Reissues records. There, there's a band called Flesh Eaters, which is a '80s punk band that like played 
this record, this lineup, ten times, and they just played at the Echo the other night, Moss tonight, another friend who we didn't even know was going, was going, but it's like, uh, raddest record, a minute to price, a second to die, and, um, one guy's a member of X, but, like, this record's so insane, um, and I, um, how did I even come across it? Probably because this, this group of people had a reissue. They have a crime record and a gun club record and the 80s punk band LA stuff. Is that all just LA? Like, no, it's it's all over the place. Yeah. And they have like, they Alice Coltrane's first record they reissued. Uh-huh. It's like just a cool, and this speaks to this whole conversation, like to look at this website and see this you know, tiny, tiny, tiny in the scheme of things record label that is like has great taste. At the end of the day, there's no, there's no common thing in genre or location or anything other than like real narrow vision, great taste. Yep. It's like, wow, that that appeals to me. That's yeah. like, um, yeah. Maybe yeah, we absolutely. should find this would be the kind of thing where maybe Katie or Kyle, someone just like pull links to this stuff. Because people will always go, what was that thing that was mentioned in the podcast yeah. that I didn't know? That one know? is called Superior Viaduct. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, As we're at, we're at, I think that's about, we've been in like an hour. But, uh. I drink a lot of water, too. Yeah. Yeah. Drink a lot of, <laughs> I, I drink a lot oh, of water. Oh, you drink a lot of water. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel hydrated? <laughs> no, I just. That bathroom's calling me. Oh, okay. Oh, so I before see, you, see, uh, well, I got about one minute me in me until I run long out of here. Tail. Yeah. Uh, one time I was living under a waterfall. Did you hear that new D'Angelo record? Yeah, I was just listening to that today. That's Black one Messiah? that wasn't really like a take a chance on. Actually, now that I think about it, that was more like, oh, I'm probably gonna love this. You did but that's it insane. Like, like uh, on New Year's Day or a couple of years or a couple? No, it was before Christmas. Right? It was before Christmas that he kind of surprised put it out. I yeah. guess. There's yeah. a I have this right. weird thing where and it's ever since I was a kid for some reason I always really like the 8th track on an album. <laughs> and it's <laughs> not that so... I'm trying to like the 8th eighth tra- eighth track on an album but and every time I and the 8th track on your new album it's it's it got home it's got home in the title. Hold on, yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's my favorite song. Are you, deeming, are you destining, predestining that to be true? I yeah. don't know. But I think, I think it's maybe when you're – and this is just my stupid uh, – this is much more new agey than I actually am. But I almost kind of wonder if in the story arc of an album, uh-huh. you're you know, 10 or 12 or 14 tracks or whatever, that's just – The third act. It is kind of mm-hmm. like that part – so that subconsciously, when you're laying out all the songs, you're like, oh, this makes the most sense here in number eight position. For some reason, mm. it always, the eighth song all, almost always resonates with My me. My buddy Matt, every time he would show me an album, would always skip the first song. He's like, oh, you got to check out this Whoa, album. Skip the first geez. song. He'd be like, why do you always do that? He's Brutal. all, it's when it gets going. I will say that whenever for doing track listing for records for doing live sets gotta pee it up um, which is you know you do a track listing that takes you know a certain amount of time but when you make a set list every single night um, it's always about the eighth song part of the set list that's like okay you know we we, you know bringing it down and then it kind of Eight is where you either kind of bring it down some for a few or keep it up. It's a, it's a hard place. You know, pretty much one to seven is a more obvious what to do with it. Eight, yeah, because the crowd's been there for a little while. It's like yeah. you got to, like, what, it, and it definitely 
is has to be sort of a response to everything else that's around it. Yeah. In order to carry people to the end, I think it'd be fun if people in the comment threads um, or on Twitter let's start a hashtag called Eight Songs uh, uh, and just put your favorite eighth track. Yeah. Of not your favorite eight track, your favorite yeah. eighth track of an album. I think that'd be a, I think that'd be kind of a fun no, yeah, playlist. No, I'm just gonna go home and just start going through. Uh, stuff tell me if you think because may, you know maybe that's just because it's, that's my emotional state. Like other people might like the fourth yeah. bit, but I just I've always liked the eighth track. What is it? Uh, this is my last question for you. Is um, you sing in such a high register? How do you not <laughs> blow your fucking vocal cords out? I'm I'm wrestling with it right now. I'm re- I wrestle with it a lot of the time. I as as we were talking about before, I, I I realized late late in the game here that I've got allergies. But then I also, um, you know, you, it, like smoking and drinking is never helpful for Does that. Does not help that stuff. Um, I'm getting to the point now where it's just like. You know, even even today, I was debating like, man, you know what? I should try to not drink on this whole tour. <laughs> and, and, and but it, dehydrates and, and your... th- But now here I am with a bottle of wine, just at the podcast. Yeah. We're not even playing a show. If you want to see what can happen to a person's voice, uh, listen to uh, early Joni Mitchell and then later Joni Mitchell because mm. it's. I mean, I mean, and her voice. But is... she's not. Sh- I mean, she's like a. You know. Uh, She's she has a beautiful voice. Like she I, has an amazing voice, but like I'm a cha- shouter. Like, chain smoking. Oh yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. like she's had this. She used to have this really high register voice, and the later stuff is all down. I mean, she still sounds amazing. Yeah, I love Joni Mitchell, but you can definitely hear like, oh, that can happen to your. I always think it's like yeah. You hear people say like yeah, this you know he's he's this guy's 31 and he's but he's got that Tom Waits you know smoking and drinking. And you're like oh god, that's so dumb. You can't go if you get that natural. <laughs> Naturally, fine, but you can't go back to having a nice, no. a nice, true to yourself. And you don't voice. want in twenty years. You don't want to be like, hey, me out to drive. Like you don't want to have to do like a jazzy riff of it because yeah. you can't. Or if you already have yeah. that voice naturally, hey, drop it a key, boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you can always hear like when a singer, like when an older singer, it's like, oh, they used to go up. Now they, yeah, now they yeah. drop to the, the minute. Octave, octave the minute down. your fans are watching for that stuff, yeah. you're, yeah. you're yeah. really in trouble. No, it's true. I, I, I like, you know, I. I it's I remember being at South by Southwest probably the first time that we were there and we had played so many shows leading up to it and I had no voice. I do think that there's something um just primal that kicks in where I literally couldn't be walking around all day and have not even the ability to speak and just uh, yeah, you know like ordering food or whatever and um just be miserable, be so bummed like man, I'm going to this show's going to suck. It's going to I'm going to sing terrible and and then but then you know and you push it all out and it hopefully opens up and you can sing but um i remember being at south by southwest i think the first year and being in in that place of being so brutally blown out having no voice and somebody was like here like you know you just gotta chew on this ginger root you know or or like it's like a big piece of ginger and i was just like like an apple just eating it and 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 it was like but nothing works nothing ever works i i I, for the first time went to an ear nose throat doctor and like you know um she gave me these like steroid pills that like for a week was like yeah i'm all better this is awesome and then and then it was like she was like no i can't keep you on those oh you can't you're gonna get bloated you're gonna get you know and you're gonna and also does terrible real real damage because you're you're it's not it doesn't 
your cords are still fucked up. It's just that yeah. the steroids kind of help mask that a little bit. Yeah. So you're just doing horrible damage to them. I always think how how much smarter I would be if I were to sing in a very medium register um, and I've, <laughs> every future recording and how much better long term that would be. But, you know, of course it's about like – it's it's this that's where i feel good and 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 i like you know at the end of the day i i feel like it's you know you want to cut through and and for whatever reason that high register makes me think of like a kind of like some kind of james brown like you know i'd rather like kind of punch with the vocal than than be super melodic with it I yeah guess. then then get to the point where like you know like sinatra later in life where he was basically just talking. metered talking <laughs> this is how i normally uh, talk uh, and i'm smoking <laughs> fucking broads like no, it's yeah, don't yeah. Be don't. but uh uh but there's longevity in that there That's is nice. Well, it's nice. So then, then at that point, you can, it can be kind of a kitschy thing, like, "Hey, I'm doing <laughs> yeah. this on purpose." Hey, yeah. Uh, but um, there's a stuff. You know, voiceover actors have a lot of good secrets for that for like for throat stuff. Uh, apple cider vinegar is yeah, is that's very a good. good one. And then should be gurgling. Should be doing co- vocal warm. There's a Korean. There's this Korean stuff, and I can't remember what it's called. But a friend of mine refers to it as Hulk juice because it like. You take a shot. It's it's not alcoholic, but it's it's a some type of Korean herbal juice, and uh, you and it supposedly like completely coats your throat mm-hmm. and makes it. George like Carlin this. would. Uh, he said he learned it from an opera singer, or uh, when he started to lose his voice, he would drink uh, room temperature flat Coca Cola. Hmm. It was like a quick fix, or just kind of the syrup would just kind of coat and help out and be kind of a temporary thing. He would. I heard that Amy Grant would eat potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> really? What would Kurt Cobain be doing if he if he was still singing right now? Well, what would he be Dave, singing Dave like? Dave Grohl's voice still. Yeah, God, he's everything is yeah. every the end of it. That was always there. Yeah, yeah. Even in between yeah, every song. Man. I'm so glad yeah. to hear about the Amy Grant thing though, because I was wondering how night after night she'd get on stage <laughs> and go, baby, baby, I'm chicken brother. I think my mom told me that, so she'll be happy to Eating know that we chips. riffed on. On the Amy Grant tip. Well, I think finally we've blown the lid off the Amy Grant uh, enigma, too. Like, yeah. how does she Night after night. Night after night. Stop. Excuse me. Hitting those <laughs> impossible <laughs> notes. Yeah. Baby, I'm so glad <laughs> you're mine. Shattered Tom Waits CDs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she does. I was in a... In a restaurant, um, my friend April and I were, in, were performing in Vancouver, and we went to this um, Vietnamese restaurant. And for some reason, they had on – it was a really annoying st- station of of just kind of annoying covers of songs. Coffee House. And it might have been. It Vino been. Volo Airports also and there, have that. Uh, well, who does? Schwartz. Oh, they do. Just- <laughs> there, there's some – like there, there's a certain type of singer that does that like – I'm on a necromancer. Like they sing purposely, like that from the necromancer. No, I'm no. That'd be better. I said an anachronism. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm a necromancer. (laughs) No, but it's just that kind of like Macy Gray sort of a thing. But they they add a little bit of the 30s, like I'm singing my songs. Like that's like come the fuck. Time machine. Yeah, exactly. Um, not not on board for that. Not on board for that. Yeah, it's Unless tra- it's tra- it, you either have to commit to it all the way and be like, I'm doing a ragtime Leon Redbone that thing. That takes us back but to you, Mr. Belvedere. That takes us back to Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, you don't want to touch that. Yeah. That, 
I feel like that reference was the Mr. Belvedere of the podcast. It mm-hmm. sort of, it sort of, it sort of came in and 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 rescued the family, <laughs> Wesley. <laughs> Whose story is it? Who was it? Patton, who has the story about uh, Christopher? What's his name? Hutchins. Hitch, anyway, that Mr. Belvedere actor uh, sitting on his own balls. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. And they did an impression. I thought maybe it was Paula Tompkins. <laughs> but they would do an impression on stage of him sitting on his own balls. No, I think it was Patton. And uh, the whole impression was just, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Two for dinner? <laughs> I wish that Christopher Hitchens was um, got to play Mr. Belvedere for a while. The, do you remember that guy? He was a Who is that? enormous writer and Vanity Fair writer and yeah, the, uh, big like atheist. A- atheist. Oh, right, 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 right. I was he would have been a great Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. He would have been a great Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, he would have just reamed everyone. Wesley, there's <laughs> no point to anything. Yeah. What? God doesn't exist. Oh, I guess I will this cheat is, on that this exam. This is class. Everything is just a class struggle. I guess that, Bob Uecker can cheat on the wife. I don't know. The whole <laughs> Bob Uecker, the star of a sitcom. Where, where did he come from? Oh man, it was a he long was a sports. He was a baseball player. <laughs> okay, he was a baseball yeah. player, and then he did like sports announcery stuff, and then he was in. Major he was League. the Major? just about outside from Major, Major League. League yeah. <laughs> How dare you? He make me feel League. older. He was a pitcher. He was a I think he was a pitcher. I think. But he was a sports guy that was funny, and then they yeah. just put him in stuff. Yeah. Well, you guys have a lot of Mr. Belvedere to catch up on the road because mm-hmm. it holds up. I'm gonna rip it all. I'm gonna buy it. If we're gonna learn how to play that, man, we're gonna have to learn seventh chords. I'm telling Major you, seventh, if just out of, please, just, please, as a favor, just out of nowhere, just launch it. One show, just do the Mr. Belvedere theme. One show, just do it. Don't explain it. That, that one, piano intro, man. One time we walked out to the Seinfeld base. One time. That's, that's great. Never do that again, though. Oh. Well, uh, you got to move on to Belvedere. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you guys for having us. Thank, thank you. Thanks, yeah. Hell yeah. You know, like those, uh, those, stuck up, uh, those stuck up asshole uh, bands that we were talking about? They drink Belvedere. You guys will play mm-hmm. Belvedere. That's oh, man. What? I hope someone yeah. gets it. Come back, Jonah. Don't you fucking leave me here. I dare you. Leave me hanging. To dry. Hang me. Too easy. Uh, uh, bye. Brutal. How, how much is he going to commit to the bit? He really committed. He's in the parking yeah. lot. Yeah. He's actually gone. Right. Now we're going to play the song. Now the songs are going to play. Oh, great. I feel like we should intro them. Oh, we did. Uh, th- this is uh, two songs that we played right before we started talking. First, and all this could be yours. Piano, guitar, accompaniment to the vocals. Here's <laughs> Cold War Kids on the Nerdist Podcast. Sessions tracks. I don't know why I always feel like I have to go into like an NPR voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Lucky 
a short life to turn it around at a rewrite. Call it a dark night of the soul. The ticking of clocks, gravity's pulled. First you get close, then you get worried. Flying like a cannonball, water to the earth. Heavy as a feather when you hit the dirt. How am I the lucky one? I did not deserve. Wait around forever, but you were there first. First you get close, then you get worried. Go silent, the silent treatment. Don't deny what you meant. You get excited. You get excited. You got a feeling. Oh, at least you can pretend. You won't light it. You won't light it. You won't light it now. The camera from both ends. You get excited. You get excited. Flying like a cannonball. Falling to the earth. Heavy as a devil when you hit the dirt. How about a lucky one? I did not deserve.
All a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. i just like sure. to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This mother Lied like a liar. Like a liar. And if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal, or you love to hop in the Wayback Machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes, you should tune in to our podcast, Morbid. Follow Morbid on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to episodes early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.